You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I've always wanted to start a business. So that was at that point where I was like, I'm going to save up all my money until I find what I really want to do. I'm going to sit on my cash and just, um, you know, figure out what I want to do with my life. And during that time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start now. And I just got off the couch. I made the Venn diagram called the Hedgehog Method, found out that fly fishing was, you know, really a passion that I wanted to pursue and not make a hobby, but make a, you know, make an income out of it, make it a business. Because if you treat something as a hobby, you're, it's going to stay a hobby. But if you want to treat it as a business, you'll be able to grow into something that eventually will be your full-time income, which is thankfully what I've been able to do with the fly crate. Um, and all it takes is once, you know, you're, and no matter how many failures you got, um, all it takes is one one thing, one idea, one business that can be the make it or break it, you know, vehicle in your life. And luckily the fly crate has, you know, has been a success. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the fly crate. Hey everyone, this is Nate from theflycrate.com. I just wanted to thank you again for listening to the podcast and want to let you know about our new membership option called the Mix and Match subscription. This is for people who don't want us to hand curate a selection of flies for you, but you would rather choose 100% of what you receive each and every month. For 19.95 a month, you will receive $30 of the Fly Crate store credit. So you're getting for 19.95 30 bucks to spend on our site and you will be able to choose 100% of what you want and each and every month you'll receive those flies or it will you know it will roll over in a crew so if you don't spend that money that $30 credit it just keeps building up you rack up the credit and about you know if you don't spend the 30 bucks for 3 months now you have $90 of store credit that you can just use on a one time purchase or however you want to do it on your purchase whenever you need it but there's a great way to pick exactly what you want and save money on the fly crate without having to worry about the commitment. All right. So this is the mix and match membership. Just go to our website, theflycrate.com and navigate to our homepage and you'll see a, a selection there that says $30 fly crate credit. Just select that option and navigate through and, you know, learn a lot more there. We have all your answers, all your questions answered, and you'll be able to figure out whether or not this is a good membership for you. But it's a great way to save money if you were going to spend money on the fly crate anyways, and you just wanted to, you know, prepay in advance and save some extra cash and dough on the side because it's your hard-earned money, and this gives you more for more for your buck. So anyway, go to theflycrate.com and find the icon with the $30 store credit. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this time around. We want to welcome to the podcast Nathaniel Treichler of the Fly Crate, theflycrate.com. Fill your fly boxes today. Nathaniel, of course, we know you sponsor the show, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, we got a chance to uh, uh, catch, catch up and uh, tell us what you've been up to. How, how are you, first off? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And, uh, you know, everything's everything's going well. I'm, I'm glad I can work from home in a, in a sense with everything going on. I'm, I'm sure people understand all that. And unfortunately, you know, there's so many people who are currently out of a job, which I, I feel bad for, 
you know, just with everything going, I think they said there's like, um, one out of 10 Americans are currently unemployed or something, which is just crazy, crazy, Mm -hmm. absolutely crazy. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, talking about the COVID-19 is, is, um, you know, you know, so many people just hear on the news that I feel like if, if I started talking about people are like, uh, come on, Nate, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, you know, but I I hear you wherever the conversation goes. It's a reality, and uh, and to be quite honest with the show, I've kind of, I kind of for me, it's an escape. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh boy, we're gonna, you get so inundated with news. But I mean, being a, I mean, question for you, being a virtual business, um, how has that affected you? Yeah, so I mean, um, on the business side of it, um, let's see, like packages are delayed like heavily. Um, so like the U- USPS, United States Postal Service, I know. I mean, if, if people didn't feel comfortable working, they either, you know, quit or walked away for a short time, you know, took some time, you know, time off. So I know some places are actually understaffed and I've noticed my um, shipping times for, you know, customers and memberships and things, things like that um, are actually delayed by a few more days. I actually sent my mom a birthday present on the, on like the, the seventh and it didn't get to her until like, um, the 13th, luckily her birthday's on the 14th. So <laughs> it all worked out, but it, it was, it was supposed to be bef- way before that. Um, you know, and just everything is delayed. You know, we get a lot of packages coming in from suppliers and it's actually affected our membership. That's what I'm dealing with right now is, you know, people are like, where's my, where's my membership box and everything. And people are very understanding, thankfully, but mm-hmm. memberships are delayed until next week. And we usually ship out on the, 14th through the 16th that's like our our time block so that we can organize with my team here um but suppliers understandably are just calling and saying hey your uh order isn't gonna get there until a week after your deadline is that okay with you and we're just like you know it's better late than never so right (laughs) you know like uh people are very understanding thankfully but you know everything's been delayed, pushed back orders overseas are coming in because they're quarantining packages. Um, thankfully I'm, I'm happy for that. They're quarantine packages uh, at the border, you know, in customs for a few days, uh, just because the transit time, assuming that the supplier has, you know, some employees that are asymptomatic and aren't showing any symptoms, um, that they don't get to me. And then I transfer that to everyone else. So luckily they hold it there because the virus, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not deactivates or dies or whatever the terminology is waiting in customs. And, you know, we handle everything with gloves, washing our hands constantly. So, you know, we're, we haven't left the house in a long, long, long time because, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, send people flies and then end up, I don't know how the transmission works, but I'm pretty sure it's like person to person more than over surfaces and stuff like that. But yeah, so it's definitely affected the business side. I mean, business is, is good right now just because people can't go to fly shops. So I'm feeling for the fly shops and I'm trying to find a way where I can support them and get guides back on the water, you know, keep them sustained. I know, um, there's a lot of companies right now who have initiatives that are currently um, supporting fly fishing guides, uh, like in the Everglades and stuff like that. 
I think it's like Bad Fish and um, Postfly. They have been they launched an initiative like Save the Season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are competitors, but it supports the industry, and I, I backed 100 percent on that. So great for them. Check it out if you haven't. Um, a lot of the proceeds go to local guides um, on the East Coast or wherever. I I haven't looked 100 percent, but um, they they're supporting local um, guides who rely 100 percent on the income from, um, you know, from guiding during the season. And since the season is pushed back and delayed, they're not making, they're losing like 40% of all their, um, you know, guide revenue, which is, you know, very unfortunate, but on, on our end, um, you know, people are buying more than ever right now, just because either people are laid off, they're working from home or, you know, they've taken personal time and they're just going, ah, well, I don't have to be on a meeting until 11. I'm going to go fishing or, right. you know, they just have more time than ever. So, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, um, it's nice that people are able to get out more. And I mean, that's what I'm assuming. I, I was out fishing, uh, weeks before, um, I got like the, the alerts on my phone where it says, stay home. We know you've been out. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like I, I got uh, really? when I'm fishing you sometimes you actually get alerts yeah, was, on your phone it was before huh. yeah it was before the official quarantine shelter in place in um in Denver because you know we recently relocated our operations from Pennsylvania to Denver Colorado um and when we did that you know we're in a big city setting you know suburbs millions of people and so you know they sh- issued a shelter in place and when I was fishing, I got that alert that the next day, 8 a.m., I have to stay home unless it's for essential things. Hmm. You know, people can still go out and fish and hike and walk and all that, which there's lots and lots of people doing that now. It's pretty crazy seeing how many people are now out and about, you know, walking their dogs, getting out and enjoying the outdoors more. But there's just so many people now that getting that, you know, six feet of distance, you know, social distancing is, is a little hard. So, uh, Sarah and I, you know, we're just trying to stay home, ordering as much as we can, like Postmates or whatever it is right. to get groceries, making limited amount of trips. And then, you know, cause there's a lot of people who out here, you know, they have grandmothers and, and I, I'd hate to be the one that, mm-hmm. you know, spread it without knowledge. Cause I, I don't have any symptoms, but it, it doesn't matter. I, I could have been in contact and just keep spreading it anyways. So, right. Um, we've, we've been thinking about how can we support, uh, you know, fly fishing shops, block and mortar that they rely on the, the foot traffic into their stores to make their income. I mean, there's, um, uh, fish and lies out in uh, Decker, um, that's like a huge hotspot here in um, Colorado to go fishing is you got to go to Decker's, you know, Cheeseman Canyon and all those places. And, you know, that's one of those shops that I walked into multiple times to, you know, order stuff, but they're closed until further notice. I, I checked on their website before, before we hopped on this call and they're, you know, everything's pushed back until at least um, end of, end of April here. Right. And it looks like it's going to continue into May. So, well, um, I've talked to we've been trying. I've talked to quite a few people, and it, it's, it really seems to depend on the state that you're in. And I know, like, I'm north of the border here, so we've basically been 
uh, well, heck, my girls were, were going to school in New York and they got home, uh, just before all this really broke. And, uh, of course we did our, uh, we did a 14 day isolation and whatnot. And, uh, I, th- I think like this show, as you well know, basically I rely on guides and fly shops and, and, and guys like yourself, Nathaniel. And, and like, for me, my heart goes out to those people. Cause you know, that there's, there's no guiding going on right now. So what, what what's everybody doing? They're staying home and they're trying to stay well. And, and, and kind of, I know a lot of people are spending either time, um, at the tying vice or ordering things online. And I think the online business, like the, the community of fly fishing right now, I, I really amazed that like you're reaching out, like I think about it. Okay. So you're an online fly shop and I know, yes, it affects you, but it's, it's a lot different when you're in a brick and mortar store. So the fact that you'd reach out to these guys and, and say, Hey, uh, we're all in this together. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I have a I have a lot of respect for for you know people who have the initiatives going. Um, we have we haven't put anything in place yet, just on the fly crate, because it's just me right now, and it's hard to um, you know have anyone come in and work on the website and you know. But I mean, we can do that virtually, but it's uh, I you know we're, we haven't really put anything in place to benefit the you know the fly fishing shops locally directly. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways. I mean, we're, we're open to ideas, but, uh, whether to back what's already out there or, you know, try and, you know, find some other ways to, you know, give back to, you know, the shops directly and, you know, keep them afloat, um, until the, the season rolls around and we can, um, get out and about and, you know, be in, um, contact with people. So there, there's a lot of people right now who are fly fishing guides on Instagram. I've seen, they're starting to put up, um, you know, like messages saying, Hey, I can, you know, I'm selling flies. I'm doing this support me. Um, and I highly encourage that people, you know, reach out to those guides in their, in your local area and see if there's a way that you could, you know, have them do some custom patterns or, you know, give find, find a way to support them, um, by buying merchandise or, you know, however, whatever they're, you know, selling on Instagram or, in their own websites or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, putting their cell phone numbers up there and just saying, Hey, call me. I'd love to, you know, work out a deal with you or however, however they're doing it. But I'd, I'd encourage people to reach out to those guides, um, who are struggling right now and, um, see if there's a way you can support them. Sure. You can buy through me, but, you know, try and try and find a way where you can, um, buy through those, those fly fishing guides so that, you know, they can, they, they can sustain their family and, you know, keep having some cash flow coming through their door. Um, That's really so yeah. well put. We're talking today with Nathaniel Trankler of the Fly Crate. Um, Nathaniel sponsors the show at flycrate.com. Um, 2% of sales, your sales go to Project Healing Waters. I know that's something, too, that's near and dear to your heart. Maybe tell us a little bit about that program. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a little backstory on me. There, you know, uh, my uncle was in the Navy. I, I forget his ranking, but you know, he was nuclear sub. So, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for him and he's sort of been a, um, a role model in my life. And then my brother, um, also nuclear subs in the Navy. And he came out with, you know, uh, PTSDs and, you know, acclimating back to society can be extremely tough for a lot of people because they're, they're just so used to the, the daily habit of getting up and just, you know, being out there on the front lines or, 
um, wherever they are in, you know, in certain in their service. And then they have to come back and people are just like, Oh, you'll be fine. You'll get a job right away. Or, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, you know, it's just, it's just not in their normal habit routine of accumulating back to society because society is way different than what they're used to for a long period of time. And when they come back, you know, they, the, as much as I'd like to say the military gives them what they're worth and, and, and uh, like medical spend or however to get their life back on track. And there's so many programs out there that, um, you know, help uh, soldiers with PTSD or disabilities, physical or mental. Um, and, you know, they, they leverage those, but still it can be tough. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I met, um, like I met people who were involved with Project Healing Waters and that I was able to do something directly that would support them. And um, mm-hmm. there's so many in my local area. Everywhere you go, every state has, has a branch. And what they do is they um, take uh, military veterans with disabilities, mental or physical, and just take them out on the water and just have a good day fishing because fly fishing is a recognized form of therapy. And, you know, every time you go out, you, you just, you get relaxed. You just enjoy the outdoors. You're out in the sun, having fun, <laughs> whatever the phrase is. And you're just enjoying life. You're away from the urban noise. And that is, you know, having that release to relax and get away from their conventional jobs or whatever they have going on in their life is just therapeutic and allows them just to, you know, take a deep breath and just, you know, relax and so what, what the fly crate does is we take 2% of all sales that's through all of our selling channels, you know, whether it's eBay, Etsy, Amazon, the website, uh, wholesale or, or whatever, we take 2% of that and we donate it, um, either monetarily or in the form of flies, whatever they need at the moment. And we send it off to, um, a regional chapter and then they distribute it to the places that need the flies, need the money need whatever. And we're always, you know, we actually have a huge batch of flies coming in, um, going off uh, here pretty soon for the, for the spring or whenever they can reboot what they're doing. I know right now, um, they're doing virtual online fly tying classes, uh, for veterans that they can plug into via zoom or however they do it. But, um, you know, everyone either, you know, you can't go fly fishing out in a group right now. So, those things are shut down, but the fly tying courses are still going on. Mm-hmm. So that would be something that I would encourage. If you, if you're a veteran with disabilities, PTSD or whatever it is, um, you know, look out for a local chapter, go to, you know, project healing waters, uh, website and just check out what they've got going on. Cause there's still ways for you to plug in and, you know, still get away from the urban noise and, you know, just give you a, you know, a breath of breath of fresh air and separate yourself from the outside world and just, you know, get back to, you know, making sure that you're, you're first, you're taken care of, um, and just see what they got going on virtually. It's going to be a lot of fun. They do a great job and I, I, I support them hundred percent with what they're doing and their message. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're, we're still trying to find ways where the fly Creek can like donate fly tying materials or whatever. I have a whole box of flying tying materials back at, my house when I, when I lived with my parents, um, you know, half a decade ago. And, uh, cause you know, I'm, I'm 22 years old 
and not a whole lot of people know that. And a lot of people associate age with wisdom. Uh, I don't have the gray hairs to show that I'm amazing at fly fishing, but there's still ways where I can help. And I got a whole bunch of fly tying stuff, capes, saddles, all the threads, um, fly tying vices, whatever. And I'm going to try and find a way where I can ship that off to um, the local chapter in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania, you know, Allentown, Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I have a few friends and contacts there where I can do that. And well, if, if there's people who go ahead um, are able to, uh, I don't know if they have a way to distribute the fly tying materials to participants in Project Healing Waters, but if you have leftover fly tying material, you know, see if there's a way where you could reach out to a local, um, uh, you know, branch of Project Healing Waters and see if you can donate your materials and then they can funnel that off to the participants who are tying flies from home and still engaging with within the organization. Um, I'm going to be doing the same thing. So imagine if we had a couple hundred people, um, or just even a dozen, you know, any, any help would, is, is beneficial to their program and getting these, you know, getting these people, uh, the help that they need. Yeah. So, well said. you know, reach out, you know, find a way to help and, uh, you know, whether it's meeting at the Walmart parking lot and then just, you know, sliding a package across the concrete of your fly tying goods and, you know, keeping your distance however you want to do it, but just, you know, still, um, abide by the CDC's recommendations of social distancing and, you know, find any way you can to, to support, you know, not just project killing waters, but all of the fly fishing guides in your local area or, you know, be creative, find ways to still make an impact in your local community and just, you know, be a outstanding citizen. If, if you're, if you're not really impacted by this, still try and find a way there's, I, there's tons of, um, people in the, the fly fishing community who sell flies, you know, through their, through their home, you know, tying vices and that. Um, and then also there's artists and, um, uh, people who just, you know, put together fly tying videos and all that, just check them all out. This is a great time to just explore what's out there not just through the fly crate website, but just yeah. through everyone. That's something see what's really out that's there. That's something too, that I, I think ever since this uh, COVID-19 thing started, I, I get how serious it is. I get the social distancing, but I really, I, I'm just dying to see people more positive. Do you know what I mean? Like it, if you, there's gotta be something positive in this, whether it means you're spending more time at home with family and friends, you know, get to, you get time perhaps to do things online that you haven't got to research or patterns or flights, what, whatever you're into. Um, there's gotta be, uh, as much as, you know, there's a lot of negatives come out of this, there's gotta be some positives. And sometimes I think we, you know, the news tends to inundate on the negative, negative, negative. And I, I, I totally get that. I was in media for a long time. But I think we have to look for those little rays of sunshine. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but I, I believe that 100%. Because we, at some point, we got to start to get going again and get the economy going. And I, I, I think we're, you know, we're, we're going to turn a corner here soon. So um, I love what you're doing, Nate. You're always taking the high road on stuff. And I, I, well done. Kudos to you. I love the way you reach out like that. I want to take some, some time to get to know you a little bit. You ready for a couple rapid-fire questions? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, man. So when you're on the way to the water, what's playing on the stereo? What kind of tunes do you like to listen to? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, so country, the old country, not, not any of the new stuff. Um, I know that's can be controversial to a lot of people, but 
you know, I like George Strait and, mm. you know, all the people when I, I that um, were big when I was growing up. We always had them playing on uh, in our local area, like Cat Country 96. So I listen to that. Um, I'm really big into uh, listening to like podcasts on the way to the water. So entertaining stuff and also hours and just, you know, seeing what's going on. Um, but a lot of, you know, hip hop and stuff. So, you know, I, I have I, I have to be honest. I'm not um, big into the music scene. Like uh, a lot of people will say a band or a group to me and I'll just be like, who? And then <laughs> I will be the embarrassment of the, of the party. So well, yeah, it, I, I'm not that type that knows the lyrics to every song. Like, you, uh, no, I'm, you know, <laughs> you can't I need go, to be better at that. You can't go wrong with George Strait. I always think of that. What was that? Oceanfront Property in Arizona. That song, man, I love that song. It sticks to my head all the time. One go-to fly pattern that you can't live without, Nate? Well, that's a good question. Um, one that I always go to, uh, yeah, let's see. Let's say, I'm like right now, I'll go out and I will use a Adams parachute on the top and I'll drop an emerger off the back. So um, I use. I really like... Hopper dropper combos. That's like what I'm really big into dry dropper. That's what I love. Um, so I'll, I'll always use like an L care caddis or an Adams parachute on the top. And I will drop, um, an emerger pattern off the back lightweight so that, you know, if, if, if the fish are feeding off, off just like right under the bottom, like right off the, not on the surface. So they're not going to take the dry fly they're going to take the nymph on the bottom and they're eating the emergers that just are making their way to the surface. But, you know, you see the, the trout like porpoising, they're not really getting anything off the top. They're really hitting stuff right underneath the surface. It's because they're taking the nymphs. And what I do is I take like a juju B midge or betis or whatever. And I tie, you know, it's like a seven, eight inch um, section of, of lightweight tippet off the back of the Adams parachute or elk or caddis. And I'll just fish that. And as soon as, um, as soon as I see the dry fly, just whoop, right under the water, I set the hook and that's how I was able to, um, you know, just, uh, the week before the, um, the quarantine was in place. Uh, I was, I was doing that and catching loads of fish just because, you know, they're not hitting anything off the surface. They're either wary of, you know, predators or, or whatever, but, so that so so for me, Elker Caddis Adams Dry Fly, they're just you can't replace those. I mean, there's so many patterns out there, but those are the ones that they're they're just readily available everywhere you go, and they haven't they haven't failed me ever. And the Adams Parachute, a whole lot of people just see it as a you know a done pattern or an adult mayfly um, imitation, but I use it for spinners too. So that one fly imitates like pretty much everything out there. It does the shade of the fly slightly matters, but the profile is more important. And most of all the presentation, because if your presentation is lacking, nothing's going to take it. That's why people switch to lighter tippets because lighter tippets um, have less of a drag on the water. Mm-hmm. You, you know, sure. Trout can see the line and all that, but I think it has more to do with your presentation than anything. There was a lot of experiments um, where someone put, um, you know, this was like back in the day when you didn't have to worry about hurting animals or insects or whatever, and you wouldn't have anyone breathing down your neck, but they took a grasshopper 
and they threw it on the surface, trout ate it, right? And then they took some line and they stuck it like through the grasshopper five inches on either side. And it was like, you know, a thick tippet. And then they threw that in the water and the trout ate it. And it was, they, like, they studied that for a little bit. And, um, I forget the guy's name, but he's, he was a big name in the industry. Um, but he realized, oh, it's not, they're seeing the line. They don't care. It's that the drift is, you know, dead free. It's, there's no drag because if, if it's moving weird, they're not going to take it. And that's why they get up close. They look at it. And if it's not moving the right way, or if it's not, flowing with the current or whatever they're just going to let it be and so anyways big big side conversation right there <laughs> but then when i'm nymphing i absolutely love the dirty hipster um which was created by newberry um his last name is newberry uh but he's a, an amazing fly tire and fly designer absolutely love that pattern you know you can get it on like catch fly fishing um they supply they're a, a, a wholesale supplier in the united states and, uh, you know, that pattern is one of my go-tos as a nymphing pattern. It, it has, um, you know, tungsten bead with a, you know, flashy body and a hot spot on the back tail um, along with uh, some rubber legs. And all of that just is... You know, I should have I known, known better than to ask a guy that owns a fly, uh, time, uh, a, a fly company <laughs> what his favorite fly is. Because I'm like, we could probably do a show on that. Yeah, so it, it really yeah. depends. Yeah, it really depends. And then uh, I like I I don't think I've ever caught a fish on a hair's ear nymph. I don't think I've ever caught a fish on a pheasant tail nymph. Really? I've caught a lot of fish on prince nymphs. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. Zebra midges. I've never caught one on it. I know that's like what Nate. What the heck? You. I mean, you you sell all this stuff. You recommend it all the time. Yeah, because I know it works. I don't know what it is, but I prefer different patterns. That's just my taste. But that's 100% comes down to your confidence level, right? Yeah. Like that, that guy that likes the zebra midge in Montana, uh, guess what? It works for, for him or her. And they're like, speak to that a little bit. If you don't have confidence in the flies you're putting on the end of your line, you you, you know, you're you're done to start with. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I sound like a village idiot right now just, you know, saying like the patterns that are the most popular in the world, I've never caught anything on, which is crazy to me because I try them <laughs> and no, I, I fish them the exact I, same I way. I agree with you. I, yeah. I don't fish as I don't fish a zebra midge. I fish a lot of ver variants that are similar to that that kind of I put a spin on, but uh, that fly has never really done much for me. But uh, you know what? You ask you ask a hundred different fly fishers you'll get a hundred different answers and and none of them are wrong it's just whatever works for you and in and, and the body of water you're on and a lot of times you're right it does come down to presentation you're coming at this from a unique standpoint because i know you spent a lot of time on the east coast or uh, pennsylvania and you've also now relocated to colorado so that kind of puts you in a interesting place to answer this one where's your favorite place to talk fly fishing nate is there a is there a coffee shop or a fly shop or a watering hole in either uh back in pa or in colorado that you like to frequent yeah so that's a great question so out here in denver um there's a shop not too far where where i'm from that i i mean i don't go there frequently uh i got i went there to get a new rod and reel support them but also get my license and um, but you know, there isn't really a, a specific 
place, to be honest. I mean, I absolutely love talking fly fishing at like uh, fly tying conventions, like any any fly tying show mm. or I mean, fly fishing show or just like a some trout unlimited fly tying course where, I, you know, I, I sometimes help out in the Lehigh Valley. You know, they hope that like they have them at middle schools or high schoolers or or um, like firehouses or wherever they got them. But they're always there's always those fly tying classes. And I love going there and just talking to those people because those, you know, those are all old timers who are, you know, just been out there. They've seen everything and they know like everything. You know, a lot of them have been in uh, working with the government for environmental agencies. So they know water quality. They, they know the area like the back of their hand. And I love talking to those people because they always have an interesting, you know, point of view or they just have great stories. Cause you know, it's funny, I'll be talking with someone and this is like someone's grandfather, someone I've never met before. And because I'm young, I guess they, they relate to me just going back to their college years and they start talking about all the things they did in their fraternities. And then I'm just like, Whoa, where'd this come from? And then we're into this long conversation <laughs> about the parties that they went to and all this and that. And then they would circle back to, oh, yeah. And then I went to, you know, Penn State and I was fly fishing with like uh, the mentor to Joe Humphreys and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's actually let's talk about that. That sounds really cool. And then we'll go down that rabbit hole for a long time. So. So let, let's talk sports for one second. And uh, I don't know, man, this this is a long list. You tell me, we're talking Steelers, we're talking Broncos, we're talking Penguins, we're talking Avs, yeah. Pirates, Rockies, Nuggets. Who do you go so to? Now that I'm out here in Denver, uh, you sort of, so in Pennsylvania, I lived in like the middle of nowhere and I rarely got out and was able to talk with people who were, you know, big sports fans. So when I moved out here to, to Denver, it's just fan fandom everywhere. Like you, you go anywhere. There's a Broncos sticker. I love watching the nuggets play on, um, like when I'm at red Robins ordering like a big, like whiskey barbecue burger or something, you know, with like an egg on top, Mm -hmm. whatever you got. I love burgers. That's like my thing. Um, but I love watching the nuggets play, you know, which is our local basketball team. You know, um, uh, I don't really watch a whole lot of football, um, which is very disheartening. I'm in the other football. I, I love European football, soccer. I love watching all okay. of that on television. But if I had to pick up a, a football team, absolutely the Philadelphia Eagles. That's like what I grew up watching. Um, a lot. I mean, my I'm a little biased too because uh, Sarah's uh, family is really big into the Pittsburgh Steelers, and her mom grew up in Philadelphia uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> So that's like they're hardcore and I've never been around people who would just be dead quiet watching the game. And then there would be like a foul, like a flag on the play. Right. And I've never been around someone who just jumps up out of their seat and just screams at the television. I was drinking like a diet Pepsi or something. And I spilled it all over myself because I was, I, I scared, I flinched and all the, you know, I just got soaked because <laughs> she was yelling at the TV and I've never seen her move that fast. So I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. I need to, I need to get in the other room. It was entertaining though, but you know, it was just like, whoa. Okay. You weren't wearing, you weren't wearing an Eagles Jersey. Were you? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, that, that could make for some interesting conversation. Yeah. 
so you know those are the those are the teams that I follow here in Denver. Um, oh, and then there's you know I, I follow the the soccer leagues a lot. So if anyone here listening is a soccer fan, I love watching um, Messi from Barcelona play. So he's like my guy, and I'm always out and about. Um, you'll catch me on the on the soccer fields in Denver area. So I'm always playing um, with like pickup leagues and stuff. You know, under 30 or over over whatever. I'm always playing like the co-ed leagues on the weekend. So if you if you follow this podcast and you know the fly crate and you see me, just go on like uh, the about us page. You'll see a photo of me. You know, I'm the young guy. It says like big boss. I'm the big boss. Yeah, I'm, I'm a jokester. I have like a dark, twisted sense of humor. So that's like, <laughs> you know, that's my that's my humor coming out. Uh, but if you see me, I'll be playing soccer like every Saturday in like Highlands Ranch, Colorado, with a bunch of dudes and a bunch of gals just on the soccer field that are free. I just go up and play pickup, and that's my thing. I mean, I like to think I'm okay at soccer, but then I, I get around people who are like amazing, and and then I just go ah. Uh, it was my, it wasn't my day. I don't, I don't blame it on like me just not being great. I just go, Hey, I could have, I could have easily beaten them or something. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> by topic, but well, maybe you, you, you might've just answered my next question, but, uh, when you're not fly fishing, you're usually doing what? Yeah. So I'm, I'm playing soccer. That's, I, I, I don't have a stream in my backyard like I do in Pennsylvania. You know, I have to go a bit of ways, uh, to get somewhere decent. Um, so I just, you know, I have a few soccer balls and I go out and I go kick around the ball with some friends, not during the quarantine guys, I'm social distancing. I'm like, we're, we're stuck at home. So, you know, I don't want to see Facebook posts going, Nate, Nate goes out all the time and you know, you should be quarantining. You're, you're killing people. Nate It's just like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm doing this in my backyard. I'm by myself. There's no one around. I'm, I'm playing it safe. And everywhere we go, we wear masks, but yeah, I'm always so it's like that. Soccer. That picture was taken yeah. three years ago. I, I hate it when people start calling people out on social media. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I anyway. stay away. Like there was, there was this one guy on. I, I don't know him, but and I blocked him uh, off of the Facebook uh, account uh, out of the Flycrate account because, you know, there's so many people out there that just for some reason feel the need to comment really negative, degrading things just because it, it boosts them up or something. I don't know what it is, but it's out there everywhere. They just, they get a kick out of the reaction or whatever, but you know, we never respond to them. Um, you know, we delete the comments because we don't want that on our, on our, you know, yeah. you know, just anywhere. 100%. We don't want, we don't want negativity in our lives, but there was a guy who I, you know, I run uh, ads for the fly crate on um, Facebook and Instagram. And we had this one guy comment, uh, which is crazy to me, but uh, you know, we talking. We were talking about, hey, you know, we were, here's some premium nymphs, you know, Euro nymphing, tungsten bead, barbless, all that. And then we also mentioned, you know, two percent to Project Healing Waters to support disabled veterans. And then some dude commented like, oh, such and such is a better company. Buy from them. They have a better variety, so on and so forth. It's just like, okay, yeah, like keep that to yourself. I, I know <laughs> they're like twenty years in the business longer than, than we have. That's why they have all of that. But, you know, just want to support local businesses, you know, not just me, but, you know, be open-minded instead of, yeah. you know, throwing that out there. I understand people like to refer other companies and um, that sort of thing. But, 
you know, is it necessary to comment just a random post? Like for me, that stuff is, it's kind of like gardening. You got to pull the weeds out, you know, to let the other things (laughs) grow. Like any good website or any good, even focus group on fly fishing, I love the ones that stay positive. I just leave the others behind. If they go down this rabbit hole of like uh, blame games or, or like you say, just, just basically looking for reactions, I, it drives me nuts. And uh, it, it's a full-time job keeping up with that stuff. There's no doubt. Yeah, we, we definitely let it go. Yeah, I mean, it's just not necessary in most parts. But yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say, what, what's the best job you've ever had? Best job? Oh, boy. Um, Are you doing it? Oh, what do you mean, like working with the I mean, working on the fly be, crate, or just like in my well, previous like best years? job in yeah, in your lifetime. I mean, are are you living your your dream right now, doing you know running the fly crate, or oh is yeah, there something else you did that was a lot of fun in the past? Yeah, I absolutely love what I do. Um, in the past, uh, I worked really hard, intensive like labor jobs. I, you know, growing up and going through high school. Uh, I couldn't work during the weeks really because I was playing um, soccer for my high school. And then I would, you know, occasionally um, I would try and find some side gigs or, or whatever, just to tie flies for local shops. Um, actually, you know what, in high school, senior and junior year, I was a dishwasher, which is in the totem pole for restaurants is the worst and lowest job you could get. I mean, I'd argue um, because hard work, you're, yeah. you're washing the kitchen three times over, meaning all the pots and pans, dishes, utensils, whatever, you're either scrubbing them by hand, which kills your hand if you're using like a steel wool thing to get off the grease off the pans. So that was like a fun job that I did. I can, I thought it was fun because I, I liked the challenge and I was around great people. But, uh, you know, then I would work at a Christmas tree farm on the weekends. They're Yunang's tree farm uh, in Lehigh Valley, uh, Bath, Pennsylvania. Um, right. And, you know, I would just haul 200 pound trees all day and that would be like my thing on the weekends to earn some money during the Christmas season. Um, cause it's quick cash and you know, you long hours. So you made a lot. And, uh, so that would be like two jobs that I did. Um, but really the fly crate is my full-time gig right now. Um, and it's, and it's a blast. I mean, I would love to have, I'm actually looking to hire someone right now to come, um, who knows the fly fishing industry well. So if you're in the Denver area and you're listening to this, I am looking to hire someone when all this is over, uh, the quarantine to come in and help me package, um, orders and get them out the door because the faster I can get them out the doors, the faster we can get the flies, to people. And Mm -hmm. it's just me right now during this quarantine. And that's how I've tried to design the fly crate was it would only take one person to run it, uh, which is true. But then that leaves, the business other side of the business not running effectively meaning like the marketing advertising getting things in order what would which would be my job but then we're spending like four or five hours a day getting orders out and packages out so it's getting nuts so but i i absolutely love the fly crane so that's the thing that kills me too nate is this uh, like social media on its own is a full-time gig if you if you if you're doing it properly god knows i'm not but like for those that are, there's there's a lot of work involved. Yeah, no, there it really is. I've actually hired out for that portion of the business. I, I had a friend in uh, college um, acquaintance that uh, I hired on to run our social media accounts, and she's great at it. She does a great job. All the photos and stuff are you know there, and 
ready to go first. She just has to drop and click. And it's just one more thing that I can step away from uh, just because being on social media all day and running that is, is it, it, there's a lot of stress in it. I did that all through college, um, built up the fly crate when I launched freshman year of college. And, um, you know, having that and doing that for like four or five years, it takes a huge toll. So there's a lot of stress. Oh no, I didn't, did I forget to, um, did I forget to post today? Oh, I got to make this post funny or entertaining or educational. What am I going to post all that stress on top of what I already have on my, on my, uh, docket for the day is just so much. And any way I can get off of social media personally is great. And, you know, she, she would, you know, it helps her out as well and it gives her some extra income and she's really good at doing it and she loves doing it. So, uh, you know, I'll gladly cut that piece off and just hand it to her and she can um, manage that. So, you know, she's, she's really good at it, but yeah, absolutely. Social media is, is just a lot. Nate, what is the story behind your business when you started it? Uh, walk me down that road. I don't. I don't think I actually really familiar with the story how you came to start the fly crate in 2015. Yeah, absolutely. So um, originally, uh, so this is how it worked. I, I used this method called. So I'm I'm really big into business. It's it's talking about small business is something that I have a passion for. Um, and I was around a lot of people who were entrepreneurs, and I was recommended, hey, use something called the hedgehog method. So if you're looking to you know, start a business or, you know, launch yourself into something, you know, build something for your family, make some extra money on the side, use this. It's called the hedgehog method. It's three circles. It's a Venn diagram. Um, and each there's each circle has like, uh, its own thing. So meaning like one circle is you're really good at it. Another circle is you can make, uh, what you need to survive or more, what your goal income is. And then the other circle is, is that you enjoy doing it. And all three of those combined is in the center of all those three is like the, where they all overlap is like your ideal career job, business idea, whatever it is. And for me, that was fly fishing. You know, there's a lot of companies that make, you know, a lot of money within the industry and all three of those combined was my, you know, dream thing, my dream career. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a fly fishing company. I was sitting in um, Sarah's dorm room at, at Bloomsburg University of Pennsylvania. And I was just like, oh, I really like this idea. Let's see how I can be different from everyone else. Because I just, I just don't want to sell just flies. I wanted to build a community around, um, fly, you know, around my company. Because when you build a brand that is, has raving fans, it becomes more of a family rather than a business. So that's something that I wanted in my life versus just I'm going to sell this and I'm going to hate it for the rest of my life. No, I wanted to build something that I would enjoy personally and then people would naturally find it um, and, you know, support and become a part of the fly crate family, so to speak. That's the way you run that business. You do run it like a family. And uh, that's, that's why I was so stoked when uh, you wanted to team up with the podcast because, uh, I love what you're up to. You know what? You're you're actually not the first person. I don't know what it is about college dorm rooms, but that that's that was the same as the guys from Fly Lords. Uh, they told me the same thing. They started in their dorm room. They came up with this idea, and I think that's great advice to anybody that's kind of starting out and trying to figure out what they want to do. Especially now, there's a lot of people that are out of work, and you start thinking, putting your head together, what 
if I could do anything, anything, what would it, what would it be? And, and what does that look like? And then just go do that and at least yeah. try it. If it doesn't work, you can, you can go back to the dish pit. You can go back to the, the tree farm, you know, at some yeah. point, but, but Absolutely. I think that's really, that's great advice because uh, yeah. a lot of people don't do that. No, for sure. And uh, all like the way I look at it. So here, here's our goal so that, you know, people who are listening, you know, our mission is to make a difference in the, in the community and, you know, support veterans. Personally, my mission in life right now, uh, for family people, this is, I'm a big family guy. Um, this is my mission end goal basically. Uh, and you know, where we want to end up in, in my personal life and Sarah's personal life is, I mean, we want to, my, my mom and dad are, aren't in great retirement prone jobs. You know, my mom's teacher, my dad works in a machine shop. Um, great, you know, they're great people. They, they help out a lot, you know, church and charity, you know, not in positions that are going to set them up to, you know, to retire anytime soon. Um, the way I see it, they're probably going to work until they die unless I or Sarah do something about it. So we're going to, you know, be in a position to retire our parents on time or early so that they can live the rest of their lives, whatever life they have left and enjoy, you know, um, their kids and hopefully grandkids mm. in the future. Cause I have three other siblings, three other brothers. Right. Um, but so that's are they, our, are goal. they all back in Pennsylvania? Yeah. So, uh, actually my brother, uh, Joe, he is, um, in Georgia right now doing a survey on wild boar populations cause they're absolutely like destroying the environment and the kill shoot everything and kill them hasn't worked because they reproduce so quickly. Uh, I'm not an expert. So if someone has a better, um, di- uh, you know, analysis of that, uh, I'm probably wrong, but that's just the way it was described to me was they're really bad for the environment and they're everywhere and they're spreading, you know, their invasive species. So they're doing a study in Georgia, um, basically figuring out what's the best way to get rid of these guys and control the populations to a point where we can eventually eradicate them or reduce them in, into like, you know, whatever their goal is. But then my brother works for Blue Marsh Lake, um, as like a dam, dam operative, you know, the, um, yeah. uh, you know, just managing the water flow, which flows into the local stream system there. So, you know, he's the guy who manages how much water is going to be in the lake, how much water is going to be released into the, Topahawken, I think that's the Topahawken Creek there, but um, that's in like Mechanicsburg um, near um, Penn State, Berks campus. And then my little brother, his name is Jacob. Uh, he's currently pursuing criminal justice in uh, in uh, the NAC um, Community College, Northampton Area Community College. So yeah, they're all back in Pennsylvania except Joe. He's in Georgia. But yeah, so that's that's our goal is to support our parents, get them out because uh, you know conventional jobs doesn't seem to be working right now. And, you know, they've had four kids and successfully raised all of us We're you know, they've been great parents. So we want to give back to them. And that's my long-term vision for my personal life is to get them ahead. And same with Sarah's parents. Um, yeah. So the fly crate, um, so we started them, we started in our dorm room. We eventually, I reached out to a whole lot of people and a lot of people asked me, you know, how did you find the contacts? How did you find the people to start your business? Um, cause I had no money, so I had to start somewhere. And what I, where I started was I called a bunch of wholesalers in the United States. Eventually I got connected with the right one through an acquaintance through the Toronto limited. And, um, that is Justin Pittman out of Holly flies out of, uh, uh, Cumberland, 
Valley, I believe, in Pennsylvania. Um, and he runs Holly Flies Wholesale. And what I did with him is I, I made a, a deal with him, like a handshake deal. Hey, I'm going to build an online fly shop. I'm in college. I want to focus on my, uh, on my studies. But um, I want to also build the subscription business. Will you drop ship everything? Meaning when someone places an order, I don't have to get out of class and go ship the flies out. Will you be able to ship everything out for me on the fly crate's behalf? And that's really how it started was drop shipping, hmm. which is a great way to, you know, start, you know, a, a business. Um, and then that's how we built it, built the fly crate up. And then eventually I was able to take the operations on myself for quality control, um, senior and junior year of college. So if you ordered between 2017 and 2018 from the fly crate, odds are uh, me and another college student were packaging them in my walk-in closet in my apartment. You, d- you did that as like a 17-year-old. Am I right on those numbers? Yeah, like uh, 19, 18, 19. 19. Yeah. yeah. I started okay. the fly crate when I was 18 um, oh, wow. right off the bat because, you know, I did a lot of investing in, in high school. I know this is like mm-hmm. not really fly fishing, but no, uh, that's interesting I started, I started um, investing in the stock market during the, the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. And, you know, I, I realized during that time that w- who was making all the money, who was making a lot of the money were uh, the business owners, the people who own the vehicle. So rather than investing and seeing that as my way to get ahead, I was like, well, it seems to be that owning the vehicle is the best way to get ahead. And I've always wanted to start a business. So that was at that point where I was like, I'm going to save up all my money until I find what I really want to do. I'm going to sit on my cash and just um, you know, figure out what I want to do with my life. And during that time I was like, you know what, I'm going to start now. And I just got off the couch. I made the Venn diagram called the hedgehog method, found out that fly fishing was, you know, really a passion that I wanted to pursue and not make a hobby, but make a, you know, make an income out of it, make it a business. Cause if you treat something as a hobby, you're, it's going to stay a hobby. But if you want to treat it as a business, you'll be able to grow into something that eventually, will be your full-time income, which is thankfully what I've been able to do with the fly crate. Um, and all it takes is once, you know, you're, no matter how many failures you got, um, all it takes is one, one thing, one idea, one business that can be the make it or break it, you know, vehicle in your life. And luckily the fly crate has, you know, has been a success and, you know, built into something where now I can start giving back and paying it forward. I mean, I'm not, I'm not loaded and I'm not, you know, super wealthy. Um, I'm just successful as a small business, which means I'm able to, you know, make a sizable income off of the business, but I'm no like, you know, I'm no, <laughs> I'm not in a mansion. You know, I live in a townhouse and I'm comfortable that, but you know, we're trying to do something more with it. So, you know, Sarah and I are always, you know, finding ways to make our money work for us and, and, you know, just do that. So uh, the fly crate yeah. just grew from the dorm room and uh, I know that's a bad transition, but grew from dorm room to, uh, you know, renting out a space. And then eventually now we're, um, we're in, we moved everything out to Denver, Colorado, and it just exploded um, since that time. And uh, it may just because we got around the right people or our marketing started working, working or we were able to provide a better variety, but we just mm-hmm. made the right connections and it just, um, bing, bang, boom, exploded. And now we're able to, 
you know, continue expanding, supporting local businesses, getting local artists, um, and being able to afford the artwork, like all of our stickers, um, in our memberships and in our orders, um, are all produced by local artists in the United States. You know, we don't outsource that to, I don't know, artists outside the United States. We're trying to support local business. Um, pretty much everything is made in the United States, um, minus the flies. Cause you know, anyone knows if you're trying to get flies, um, you know, direct to manufacture or wholesale prices, you know, anything fly related, unless you're buying it from like direct from a guide and he ties them in his house, you know, in his, right. his um, bedroom or something, all of the flies come from like, uh, Kenya, Sri Lanka, Cambodia, those are the places. So when people ask, are your flies made in the United States? Um, yes, some of them are. Our bass flies, a lot of them are made in the United States. I actually have uh, a, a very talented uh, fly designer by the name of Matt Campbell working diligently on um, May, June, and July's uh, bass flies. So if you're interested in really, really good bass flies, like check out our membership and then check out our, our, um, our online fly shop here pretty soon because what we do is we have the uh, membership we you know we sell we we give you the bass flies um for that month and then what happens is anything left over we then retail them on our website so if you don't want to be a member just wait a month if you don't want to wait become a member and take a look at all the other options that we got because it is affordable and you get a lot more through the membership than you would buying through the site because that's full retail value. But with the membership, we discount it heavily because you're a member and, you know, we want to, we want to give you a great experience. So you get like magazine, you get a, you get stickers, you get gear and it all comes neatly packaged in a, um, uh, like a a corrugated box and everything. I'd like to transition to that. Uh, Tell everybody how they find you and, and, and tell them, you know, about your magazine, about your, because uh, one thing about the fly crate is it's not just a source of purchasing flies. There's a lot of valuable information there that I think, well, I know adds value to your business because not only do you have the podcast outlet, you've got the magazine. It's a full kind of media package. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, great question. Um, so with the fly crate, we have the guide magazine, which is our way of um, getting information out there that, uh, you know, we want to have a print magazine. We want to be able to give you something in hand that you can put on your coffee table, circle back to around to it, you know, read some good advice, um, get advice directly from guides, learn how to fish flies that we curate within our monthly um, fly boxes. So, you know, we have the, the guide magazine. We sponsor the Fly Fishing 97 podcast with you, which is a great way to, you know, get out there and, you know, um, understand the viewpoints of indus- uh, industry experts and, you know, hear from fly fishing guides with, you know, valuable advice. And then we also have a huge resource of fly fishing articles on our website, um, on our blog. Um, and those are all produced by all fly fishing guides. Occasionally I'll write some things, but if you've ever listened to me talk about fly fishing, I'm not the best fly fisherman. So I'm going to hire the best fly fisherman to teach you how to fly fish because one, I don't want you to learn from me because I don't catch fish every time. And I want you to hear from people who will be able to give you the right information. So we have a huge resource center from guides online. You know, if there, if there's a topic 
there's the, in your head, uh, like you, where you have a question about odds are we have an answer on our website, theflycreek.com. There's, you know, buttons at the top that you can click through to navigate to the podcast, to the blog. And, um, the magazine though is included with every purchase along with every, um, membership package, every membership box. We include a magazine, um, unless we run out because sometimes it does happen. And then, you know, before there's a shortage and we got to wait until next month because we, we produce a new magazine issue every single month. So every single month you're going to get different articles, different advice, different everything. And, um, you know, there's, there's also exclusive deals within the magazine that we put in there just for loyal customers and members to take advantage of what we're offering. There's so many things out there that we don't promote uh, on the website or out on the web because it's exclusive for members or customers. So right. um, like there's ridiculous, there's, there's really cool offers. We have one where you get um, for 1995, you get 36 uh, trout flies for, for pretty much nothing. That's 36 trout flies for 1995 full box magazine stickers, free shipping. And if you do the math on that, it's ridiculously affordable and all the trout flies are amazing. Um, and if you want that, uh, go to the flycrate.com forward slash TFC, flycrate.com forward slash TFC. And um, yeah, so that's, that's one of those offers that we don't solicit out there unless you're a customer or a member. Where do we find you on Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, so go to, you know, forward slash the flycrate uh, or just, you know, type in the flycrate on your social media sites. We really heavily only focus on Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. Um, so that's like the only two that we, two modems that we really use. Cool. We're looking to start a YouTube channel. So if anyone wants to partner up with us on that and collab on, um, you know, on, on YouTube, we would, we would love the support and we want to get out there and give you visual advice, you know, direct on the stream. So we're, we are actively searching for someone to do that. I think what you're doing right now is critical. The fact that we're, a lot of us are staying home. We need ways to further dig into our pastime, into our hobby, and just get right into it. And what better way to do it than online to start and by visiting theflycrate.com. Nathaniel, thanks so much for coming on the program tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, it's really exciting to always um, give people a sneak peek on the Flycrate direct from the big boss man at <laughs> me. And, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love what we're doing here and, uh, I really appreciate your time and, uh, and thank you listeners for tuning in to the fly fishing 97 podcast. You've been listening tonight, a conversation with Nathaniel Treichler of the flycrate.com out of uh, Denver, Colorado. The fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the flycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.